The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. Lawmakers aim to restrict who can buy land in Texas based on what country they come from. Now there's backlash to the plan. Human beings who have no connection to a foreign government do not represent and should not suffer for those governments. How security concerns are driving the legislation and why some people believe it could be bad for Texans. Texas teachers could get a big raise, the plan at the Capitol for a record pay hike, and how the lawmaker behind the bill says the state can pay for the increase. Race is such an, an, an highly emotional topic that we do need the ability to sit down and talk about things, these things plainly. New legislation aims to limit what Texas college students learn about race and gender, why the bill is bringing both concern and some high-profile support. Produced from the Capitol in Austin and airing statewide, this is the award-winning State of Texas. Hello and thank you for joining us. I'm Josh Hinkle. Texas has millions of acres of farm and ranch land. State lawmakers have a new proposal to keep that land from being controlled by companies from China, Iran, North Korea, and Russia. State Senator Donna Campbell introduced new legislation that would ban companies from those four countries from buying or leasing Texas farm and ranch land. Her bill deems those four countries a threat. A different bill takes that ban a step farther. It would ban individual citizens from those countries from buying any real estate in Texas, even a home. Republican supporters say it's to prevent espionage and attacks from adversaries. Democrats say it hurts immigrants who are fleeing those same threats. Ryan Chandler brings us the debate from the state capitol. If we can't buy farmland in your country, you're not buying any here. Texas Republicans moving to ban people from buying property if they come from certain countries. Brennan Republican Lois Kolkhorst filed legislation to cut off Texas real estate to citizens of China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea. It's a move Agriculture Commissioner Sid Miller says is overdue. They really want to be assimilate and be part of the uh, American dream, become a citizen. Until you're a citizen, no, you don't get it. You're a threat to our country. You could be a spy. We don't know. Foreign investors own more land in Texas than any other state, about 3% of our private land. Texas already bans companies from the same four countries from connecting into our critical infrastructure like our power grid. This bill, though, goes farther, banning individuals from buying any property at all. We're telling them you're not welcome here. You can't buy a home. You can't start a business. Houston Democrat Gene Wu worries the law targets green card holders, asylum seekers, and other immigrants just like him. The countries that we don't like have a lot of people fleeing from those countries who do not like those governments either. And we're now telling them while you're waiting, which could be for years, if not decades, you can't even buy a house. While Miller says he's pushing to take the ban nationwide and already has the support from the governor. He'll sign the bill. Uh, I think we've got a lot of momentum this time to get it right. We want to take a deeper dive into the controversy surrounding this bill. Capitol correspondent Ryan Chandler joins us now. The fight against this bill has really ramped up since your reporting. What's the latest? Well, Josh, that's right. Since then, Representative Wu has led a large coalition of Democrats in the House and civil rights organizations to rally against the bill. In just the last week, he stood with local leaders in Houston alongside the NAACP, Anti-Defamation League, the Coalition of American Islamic Relations, all arguing that this bill singles out innocent immigrants just because of their nationality. 
he stressed that the, he, he stressed the point that everybody who is trying to become an American citizen is by definition a citizen of another country while they wait sometimes decades to take the oath of American citizenship. At another news conference later this week, he shared his own family story surrounded by fellow Democrats from both chambers. Human beings who have no connection to a foreign government do not represent and should not suffer for those governments, especially people like my family who fled here, who sought refuge here. Wu also said this bill would apply to even those immigrants who are legal permanent residents, meaning that they can't own a house or a business while they are actively trying to become a citizen. All right, well, Republican State Senator Lois Kolkhorst wrote this bill. What has she said about the pushback? That's right, Kolkhorst said this bill is meant to address national security concerns by stopping foreign governments and some bad actors from owning land. The problem is that that is just not what the bill's language does right now. It, it's much broader. So I reached out to her office and the senator was not available for an interview, but she did send a statement alluding to the possibility of amending this bill in committee to narrow that focus. They said the bill will make crystal clear that the prohibitions do not apply to United States citizens and lawful permanent residents. Going on to say, this has always been about common sense safeguards against Russian, North Korean, Chinese, and Iranian authoritarian regimes, not those fleeing the tyranny of those governments who seek freedom in Texas. You interviewed Agriculture Commissioner Sid Miller. He told you he thought Governor Abbott would sign this bill. Has the governor said anything about this legislation? Commissioner Miller does believe that. Meanwhile, though, the governor's voiced support for legislation, but in a slightly different way. He defended the bill at a news conference on Wednesday, but he pushed back on the idea that the bill would uh, affect people who are seeking citizenship. Obviously, none of us know what the final language will look like. I, I do think that would be a mischaracterization uh, of what the bill seeks to do. Listen, we, we had a goal when we passed uh, the Infrastructure Act uh, concerning these very same nations, uh, and we have a goal here, and that's to, to prevent countries that are hostile to the interest of the United States uh, from being able to buy up our farmland or other land uh, that's so important to us. Uh, it doesn't impact it at all. Uh, people who uh, either are citizens uh, or intend to be citizens of the United States. You heard the governor there refer to previous legislation that was passed in 2021. That banned the state and businesses in Texas from making infrastructure deals with citizens from those same four countries, China, Iran, North Korea, and Russia. That came after a Chinese billionaire bought hundreds of thousands of acres near Laughlin Air Force Base in South Texas. That resulting state law blocked those plans to build a wind farm on that land. All right, thanks, Ryan. USDA numbers show Texas does have the largest amount of foreign-held agriculture land in the U.S. A 2020 report put the number at more than four and a half million acres, but there are some key details to point out. In terms of percentages, that's just over 3% of Texas farmland and ranch land owned by people from other countries. That puts Texas tied with South Carolina for 16th in the U.S. for percentage of foreign-owned land. And it's still less percentage-wise than any of the states bordering Texas. In 2020, Texas had more than 287,000 acres of agricultural land sold to foreigners. Only Oklahoma had a higher total. So exactly which foreign interests own the most land in Texas? That would be our neighbor to the north, Canada. Canadian individuals or companies own 1.6 million acres 
both agricultural and not. That's followed by the Dutch, Germans, Italians, and then the UK. Race is something we have a hard time talking about. One lawmaker launches a new push to limit what Texas students learn about race and gender, but this time the focus is on colleges, why it's raising concerns about the effect on higher education in Texas. Plus, a record raise for teachers, how a proposal at the Capitol could boost pay as the state looks for ways to keep educators in the classroom. A fight is gearing up at the state capitol over what is taught in the classroom, but it's not about kids. It's about college students. The state representative's proposal aims to cut off funding to universities that teach controversial lessons about race and gender. Capitol correspondent Monica Madden looks at the potential implications. Race is something we have a hard time talking about. UT government professor Eric McDaniel says the concept of critical race theory is largely misunderstood. It's really a discussion of policy and how policies made in the past affect things today. But he might be limited in what he can discuss with his students if a new house bill ever becomes law. I think housing laws are a perfect example, but not being able to talk about policy and not being able to talk about the effects of things and how they have long-term effects on people's lives means there are so many things that I cannot discuss. Last session, lawmakers banned CRT from being taught in K-12 schools. A bill filed Wednesday has similar wording, proposing to ban any state universities from teaching that an individual is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously. And if that means some of those professors who want to teach that don't come to Texas, I'm okay with that. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick is advocating for this legislation, speaking about it extensively during his inauguration. He argues it would prevent personal biases from carrying over into public education. But for those professors in the classroom every day, I don't want them teaching, just like the parents don't want in K-12, that if you're white, you're a racist, and if you're of color, you're a victim. But McDaniel says with the bill's vague language, he'll have a hard time discussing complex topics about race. And if we actually want a highly engaged citizenry, we need to be able to talk about these things that are somewhat sensitive. Monica Madden, State of Texas. This isn't the only bill filed this session looking to impact what can be said, taught, or read in schools. House Bill 631 would ban talk or lessons on sexual orientation or gender identity from kindergarten up to fifth grade. Another bill would essentially do the same, but through eighth grade, and House Bill 338 would require publishers looking to sell books to Texas schools to place ratings on the books similar to TV and video game ratings. And Texas Congressman Chip Roy is taking the fight to the federal level. The Republican introduced a bill that he says would take federal funding from public schools that teach critical race theory. Texas teachers could get a big raise. We have an emergency teacher shortage in the state and it requires emergency action by the Texas legislature. The plan at the Capitol for a record pay hike and how the lawmaker behind the bill says the state can afford the increase. A change in border policy has the Biden administration facing renewed pressure. Why the changes are bringing criticism from both Republicans and Democrats on Capitol Hill. 
This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to ShelfGenie.com slash Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. A $15,000 pay raise for Texas teachers. That's what an Austin state representative is proposing this session. Jayla Washington looks at how the legislation aims to help the state keep teachers from leaving the classroom. Some teachers took the day off to be here. Giving a pay raise. A front row seat to a major legislation announcement. Introducing legislation that will give an across the board $15,000 pay raise for every teacher in Texas. Austin Reb James Tallarico, a former teacher himself, proposing the biggest pay raise for teachers in the state's history. I love what I do. It's we've had tough I've had tough conversations with my husband about do you want to leave? Do you want to do something else? And it is tough. Texas is facing a teacher shortage like never before. Pay is a big factor. Many teachers are still forced to get a second job in order to support themselves and their families due to our low salary. Tallarico wants the state to use its record surplus of over $30 billion for the pay bump. But we have no excuse hoarding this surplus while educators and children are suffering is immoral. 2019 legislation did give Texas teachers a pay raise, but a report from the Texas American Federation Teachers Union says salaries have actually decreased by an average of 4% in the past decade. That's when you account for inflation. And that's why Tallarico says this big pay raise is needed now. We have an emergency teacher shortage in the state, and it requires emergency action by the Texas legislature. Jayla Washington, State of Texas. Lawmakers from both sides of the aisle have voiced support for teacher pay raises. That includes Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. But Tallarico said he knows it won't be easy to pass the $15,000 raise. He said that amount is a good number to start negotiations. Budget proposals from both the House and the Senate include increased funding for school districts, which could be used to boost teacher pay, but the amount is not clear. The budget plans put $15 billion toward school property tax relief. Lawmakers also propose spending $600 million to improve school safety. The emphasis on school safety comes after the Uvalde school shootings. Beyond the budget, several bills already aim to tackle different aspects of helping to keep students safe. In Uvalde, communication failures kept some people in the school from immediately receiving alerts about the gunman. Many Texas schools have alert systems that send warnings through a smartphone app, but the Texas House Special Investigative Report on the Uvalde shooting cited faulty Wi-Fi connections and teachers just not being near their phones for reasons for the delayed alerts last May. It's why some lawmakers are advocating for a panic button type technology in schools. That's a way to communicate emergencies to first responders without having to rely on Wi-Fi or phones. Capitol reporter Monica Madden shows us how the technology is getting the attention of state lawmakers. Give them a chance to live is what we're trying to do here. It looks like a regular ID card. Very easy to use and wearable. But with a few clicks of a button, this badge sets a security alert system in motion. 
It also sends a precise location of users to first responders. And we're not relying on a GPS locating device. It's a special technology we've created. As a former teacher, Heather Connolly says she wishes she would have had something like the Centegix badge. I can tell you I rarely had my cell phone in my hand when I was teaching because I was teaching, I was working. You're actually counting on a lot of human behavior and a lot of human acceptance in order to use it. And that is what failed in Uvalde. She now works for the company, trying to get it in as many schools as possible. We have saved lives. And teachers can also use this for medical emergencies. They press the button three times and it alerts administrators. But in the case of an active shooter, they'll keep pressing the button until they hear the alarms off and then it will alert the entire school and even 911. Technology like this caught the attention of state lawmakers like Democratic Representative Sean Theory. It's not political for me, it's personal. I'm the mom of a 10-year-old daughter. They call her junior rep. Her bill would require similar panic button technology across all Texas school districts. What we saw in Uvalde was tragic. Time equals life. Within minutes, within seconds, all of that makes the difference between saving a life. With all of the systematic failures in Uvalde, Theory knows these devices alone are not the only answer, but she says it's a good step. You can't let perfect get in the way of good. It's just another way to make sure that our teachers and our children are not uh, sitting in a silo in the event of emergency, unable to really reach the outside world. Monica Madden, State of Texas. Theory had a similar bill last session. It won House approval with bipartisan support, but it failed to clear the Senate. She's more hopeful this session and told us there are ongoing bipartisan discussions in the Senate. President Biden takes criticism of his border policy from Republicans. The Biden administration has destabilized our southern border. And from people in his own party. The expansion of Title 42 and the transit ban will not solve this humanitarian crisis. How a change on the border is bringing pressure from critics on the left and the right. Nearly 80 Democratic lawmakers signed an open letter to President Biden urging him to reverse new restrictions on who can seek asylum at the border. Earlier this month, the administration announced a policy to expand Title 42 restrictions. It calls for removing asylum seekers from Cuba, Nicaragua, Haiti, and Venezuela who illegally crossed the border, making them subject to a five-year ban on re-entering the country. Texas Congressman Greg Kassar said the new restrictions add to the danger facing people seeking asylum. We're already getting reports from my community and other communities in Texas that it's resulting in fewer people coming through the orderly process of seeking asylum at the port of entry. But those folks that are fleeing disaster, that are spending night after night on the top of trains crossing hundreds or thousands of miles fleeing for their lives will now be forced to risk drowning in the river, to risk crossing the desert, or to get in the back of a tractor trailer. It will not solve the humanitarian crisis. Kassar and other lawmakers are asking the president to expand legal pathways for migrants and refugees to enter the U.S. 
The administration defends its policy, noting that it also expanded options for some asylum seekers to stay in the country and get work permits. That expansion applies to people from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela who pass background checks. But the policy led to a legal challenge from Republicans. Texas and 19 other Republican-led states just sued the Biden administration over the plan. Meanwhile, GOP lawmakers are calling for tougher action at the border to stop drugs and human trafficking. It's a lie when administration officials claim that they have operational control of our southern border. Mexican drug cartels have control of our southern border. And with that control, they move lethal drugs, terrified human cargo, and commit crimes wherever and whatever they are. Texas Congressman Chip Roy has called for the administration to detain asylum seekers until their case is handled in court. That could take years. Roy told Fox News he would use debt ceiling negotiations as leverage to push his border security bill through Congress. President Biden has said that he will not negotiate over raising the debt ceiling. He said that puts the country at risk of defaulting on its debt, which could lead to major economic problems, including layoffs and losing government services for veterans and seniors. But Republicans say it's important to negotiate how to raise the limit to control the country's debt problem. And so I'm going to urge the members of the press, as this fight plays out, report it accurately. The rules of the Republican conference provide not that we will never raise the debt ceiling. It is not my position that we will never raise the debt ceiling. Rather, what the rules say is we will use the debt ceiling as leverage to force real and meaningful structural reforms to fix the underlying problem. It doesn't have to be a total solution for everything, but it has to be real and meaningful progress. Senator Cruz said he believes the risk of default is being overstated by the administration. He said revenue that comes in each month exceeds the interest payments that are owed, which would let the U.S. avoid default even if debt ceiling negotiations drag out. Critics of that view point to fallout from the debt ceiling standoff in 2011. That triggered a downgrade of the country's credit rating, which made it more expensive for the government to borrow money. Thank you again for joining us for State of Texas. I'm John Schinkel. We'll be back next week to bring you an in-depth look at Texas politics.